eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Fitz. And if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. Veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage four prostate cancer, so my doctors advise me to stay home during these COVID-19 concerns. So what am I doing with my time? I'm calling some of the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who have been part of my life during more than 30 years in journalism. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. Nick Leckie's final year of football at Kansas State was during the Wildcats' 2003 Big 12 championship season. And then in the 2004 NFL draft, the offensive lineman was selected in the sixth round by the Arizona Cardinals. Leckie played six seasons in the NFL, mostly as a center, ending his career as part of the 2009 New Orleans Saints Super Bowl championship team. If there's one thing that can be said about this native of Grapevine, Texas, it's that he knows when to hit the exit. Now retired, Lucky and his family live in the suburbs of Kansas City. He works in medical sales as his regular job, but he also pitches in with the online coverage of the Kansas City Chiefs with the franchise's official website. You can hear him on the Chiefs' official podcast with BJ Kissel. Lucky is the first guest on this podcast who earlier appeared on my video show, The Power Chat, which is an hour-long sit-down interview with people connected with Kansas State Athletics. But we have such a good time talking that I doubt we cover much of the same ground. As I have said over and over, each one of these podcasts is a little bit different, and if I had to guess, there will be more laughs than substance during this conversation. In fact, there's a good chance this podcast will have few, if any, redeeming qualities. So, now let's call Nick Lucky at his home in Lake Quivira, Kansas. Hey, what's happening? Hey, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, getting um, getting used to my new normal, our new normal, I guess. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I don't get to leave the house. I get to go outside. I'm thankful that I live somewhere where I'm not like in a condo or apartment where you have a balcony and really that's about it. I mean, we've got yeah. a big yard. I, we get outside and work in it or at least go out and watch the dogs play in the dog area. And so it's nice. It's nice, but it's uh, strange. It, working from home all the time. I'm not sure I'm meant for this. I don't think any of us are. Uh, although I just joked that I was going to start a job hunt on Indeed for Hermit because I think I'm getting it down. I think I could be a hermit if someone wants to have a professional hermit in their organization. It could be me. Man, that that would be a good calling right there. I, I feel like you have that, um, you know, obviously that investigatory journalist Knows for finding out facts and then being angry because you know so much. I know. And then, you know, do you have a cane? Do you have a cane at all? I could easily get one and use one. You could easily get one. And then, you know, just, just shake it up in the air, right? That's That could be my thing. I could be, I know it's kind of a cartoon character thing to do to shake the cane, but I think it's not used enough in real world. Yell at the world. So. Yell at the neighbors. I know, and it's a familiar side. Yeah. I don't know. I... I'm in. Hey, did you watch the NFL draft? 
Uh, I mean, I, I, I caught the chief staff and stuff like that and did some research for my, uh, my podcast. Yeah, what, yeah. It was like the most watched NFL draft by far. Nick, we're, oh, yeah. we're so bored. Yeah. We're watching the NFL draft like it's the Olympics. <laughs> well, that's what it felt like, though. It felt like it's been about four years since the last NFL draft. So, so that makes a lot of sense. It does. Plus, what else are you going to do, man? People are, I saw on Twitter, people are gambling on simulated, like, uh, video game sports. That's crazy. And I respect that. I respect that. I respect that you're, you are that hard up and you love it, that action, that much. That you want to bet on anything. And that's what I love about people who gamble. Because I'm not a gambler. Because I, I just cut myself off with the past. And say, you know what? Don't even go down that road. Because gambling is fun. It's, it's, it's a lot of emotions. But I see how people can get caught up and get lost in it, too. I'm a really addictive personality. But one that can focus his addictions on things like alcohol. Uh, and maybe obsessively watching a TV show. But if I if I started gambling all the time or, like, let's just pull out heroin, I would be deep into either one of them at any moment. So I'm just kind of good about staying away from it. I'll, I'll go to a blackjack table about once a year when I'm in <laughs> Vegas and do it. But it's not like I'm driving to a casino here, which, you know, I can get to some decent casinos within an hour or, you know, an hour and a half or so and gamble. And I just don't do it. I don't. It's not me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a sports fan yeah, no. at all. No, I'm with you there. I do a thing with uh, with some buddies where you put in a hundred bucks and you get a pool, and then you can gamble on like college and like NFL and and I really thought week between week four to like week sixteen or week fifteen, I feel like I just get in sync with the NFL where I'm like, okay, well this team's hot right now and they got a a good old line, a good D line, and you know I think they're really sick right now. So I'll take points and stuff like that, and it's fine. Yeah, I think if I did anything, I would do one of those elimination where you got to pick a winner every week. Oh yeah, pick them league or a death, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot more fun too because I'm never good at fantasy sports because I don't know players. I'm like ten years behind on players. Right. Like, I don't know who's good, who's not. And, yeah, people list off a player, and I'm like, what, what sport is that? You know, I don't even know anymore. I, I just, yeah. I used to have rosters memorized when I was younger, and I just don't care about any any sport enough to do fantasy sports. Just that's too far into the weeds yeah. for me. Let me just watch the yeah. games and curse at the officials in the bad plays. I'm just mad. I, I I can't watch the games like uh, like the one game I look forward to besides like hitting football is the national championship game. Yeah. And only because for college, only because they have that one on the ESPN app, they have the spider cam, the, that like kind of behind the, the tournament shot. And I just, I'm like, Oh, that's just that's how we should be watching games. I agree. I agree. I just, Oh, I would love that. I would pay for that. Like, you know, people pay for Sunday ticket. I would pay for webcam ticket or, or, or the cam or sky cam, whatever they call it. I would pay for that. Just watch the game from a different angle than everyone else. Yeah, exactly. And I would need an announcer to say, this guy's the running back, this guy's a quarterback, and he threw it to this wide receiver, and his name is, and the safety's name is that. That's what I would need the announcer for. Like soccer, like English Premier League soccer. Like, that's what I really missed him, to be honest with you. I, like, because right now, it's like, you know, after the Super Bowl, after the Chiefs are done, after K-State's done, I get deep in the English Premier League football because I'm a Chelsea fan. So my Saturday, Sundays, and, and the Tuesday, Wednesday Champions League matches are, uh, are uh, English Premier League all in Chelsea. That's fascinating that you're into soccer as yeah. a former American football player. I love player. it. I, I love it. I mean, I, uh, I, uh, I played soccer growing up, and I was um, I, I loved I was very aggressive, and I loved it. And um, There's something to be said about people who can do things with their feet. I mean, that to me is the greatest skill. Um you know, it's like using your feet, left-footed, right-footed, and you know, using your body. And um, and I like it too because I mean, you just you, know, you just watch the game with no no commercials for 45 minutes. It's just pure pure action. No no cutaways, no no breaks in action. It's just constant action. And sometimes the announcers don't say anything for a couple minutes at a time, and it's, it's pretty glorious. Yeah, there, 
subtle things like that I appreciate. Uh, you know, I feel like advertising is almost better placed when it's just like at the bottom of the screen, real subtle. And you're still watching your show, but it's telling you, you know, you should be drinking a Modelo. You know, just yeah. just kind of subtle right there instead of in your face and interrupting. Because I feel like people just get trained. Oh, it's advertising. I'm going to go pee. I'm going to go get a sandwich. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave now. But. I think there should be more of that. That gets back to my theory of the uh, man channel that I want to have for bars, and it's just oh. all, all stuff. It basically the the two ends of the spectrum are on one side. It's like supermodels deep sea fishing. On the other side of the range of topics will be like uh, kids riding their bikes and getting racked, you know, or like skateboarders getting racked. So anytime it involves. A, a guy like falling off a bowl and getting gored, not seriously, just kind of thrown into the air for our own delight or, you know, falling off a, a Bronco, anything that inflicts pain on a man or involves a beautiful woman. Like if, if you really like watching poker on TV and I don't know why you wouldn't, what could oh possibly be better than supermodel poker? I agree. You're talking like a pure, your pure man audience. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and, and I, I, fishing. I know this is offensive to certain elements of, of my wide Very audience, <clears throat> but this network will only appear in bars and be on that TV in the corner that you just watch. And all the ads will just be at the bottom. Like the, the, the screen will be framed in ads and there's mm -hmm. deep sea fishing by supermodels, which was actually a TV show on ESPN <laughs> for one season. You know what? I, I like you take that a step further. I like just product placement. Like, a Bud Light cooler just on that they're sitting on the whole time. Right. Or they're putting the fish on or like a, like a, a Miller Light fishing line or, you know, something like that. Something where it's like, you don't even see it. Like, you don't even know you're looking at it, but you know you're looking at it. Like, product placement to me is the best. And uh, I think it's interesting. They kind of, uh, if you watch like the, the CW at night and they do like old reruns of like Friends or How I Met Your Mother and you can see they totally put like digital like put in like a Bud Light bottle and like a back table. And you can tell it's totally fake mm -hmm. with that. And it's like, man, because I think nowadays if you're, if you're a TV or if you're any sort of like company, you know, using a marketing firm and you're trying to get your message out, I mean, shoot. And when's the last time you've seen a commercial? Like who's, who's watching commercials, right? We're fast forwarding to them. Not true. So yeah, so you need more in, in screen product placement. <laughs> I, I just think, uh, you know, guys are, Base. We just need, you know, when we're sitting in a bar, we just need something to stare at like monkeys. Speaking of which, monkeys would be a good thing to stare at. So, I mean, just something. Like a live feed, a live feed of monkeys at the zoo? Yeah. Huh. Just, I respect that. You know, throwing poop at each other. It's kind of like being a guy. So, I don't I know. I could. I don't know, but I, like that, right? that gets back TV to my idea for, for you is man trips with Nick Lucky and you just go do stuff and we have cameras. You just go That'd be fun. do, do That'd fun be, be a lot of fun, man. Where is that Nick Lucky going to go once all of this ends? And if you could just get on a plane and go somewhere, where would it be? Mexico, um, Riviera Maya. I'm a half Mexican. The older I get, the more in touch I get with my Mexican. I mean, I grew up, you know, we made tomatoes at, at Mr. You know, so that's three quarters of the way up the hut. Uh, my, uh, I have five tios. Um, you know, they, they speak Espanol. And uh, I think Mexico, man. Beach, beach in Mexico. I like the Riviera Maya. It's a beautiful place where, you know, the beaches are great. The water is cold. The air is warm and hot. The winds are nice and refreshing. Uh, you can't beat Mexican food, uh, Mexican Mexican beers, all types of different stuff. I'm I'm not that convinced. I realize, but it'd be there. I might think you're in Mexico right now because your signal keeps breaking up. Are you in Mexico? <laughs> I might be. I mean, shit. I mean, uh, you could book a plane for what for like cheaper than I could drive. Well, not really that cheaper, but yeah. Um, I mean, you could probably get a, get a plane for for super cheap right now if you want to go through that that cattle call. You know, I'm I feel like Vince Young in his prime, ordering you know a 30, 30, 30 seat in Southwest. I like it. Yeah, I I'm conflicted about Mexico. 
I want to love Mexico, but okay. then something bad happens in Mexico, and I'm like, uh, Mexico, you're just a little too sketchy. You know, you, you got to sort some of this drug cartel thing out a little bit better before you win my phone. Have you not, have you not seen Marcos? Oh, I have. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, you know, the way I look at it, the way I look at it is that if you, um, if, if you're not involved in that, in that business, they don't mess with you because the last thing they want to do is bring on the American forces and the DEA and the CIA because you, you know, you off uh, an American tourist, you know, you off the taxpayer. You know, I feel like anybody who, who gets caught up, you know, sometimes it's innocent people like they, they, they do, um, you know, they do kill a lot of journalists. But I think a lot of the time, too, it's like um, you got to be involved in the drug game somehow to get to get action against you. Yeah. So that's why I feel safe. And I feel safe in like Cancun or Cabo, where it's not on the main route. It's not any of those those, those drug routes. So it's like you're kind of like, all right, you're good over here. And I'm not a jackass at the club, you know, either. If you go there, no, that's I'm there to drink and have a good time. Not a good idea to be a jackass in a club because there's probably someone from the cartel being a jackass at the club, and that's their job. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah Mexico is just awesome. We last trip we went to Puerto Vallarta and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I'd love to get over to, you know, I'd like to do the Cabo thing and get over to the other side. And I really want to go to Belize. Where would you go if you could, if you were super healthy and could? I'd probably go back to Hawaii just because I fell in love with it. I, my wife and I went for our 30th anniversary a year early last year. You know, uh, it was like, let's go. We don't know what's going to happen. Mostly it was related to my house, but we wouldn't have gone if we waited till this year. And I thought yeah. it was just going to be, let's go do the Hawaii thing. And then I've done it because I don't like to fly that far. It gets me a little, uh, it gets a little confinement thing going on. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The big island, I fell in love with it and I would love to go back. And if I had money, I would live there. Uh, but uh, I, probably the most simple thing I do, I might go to Puerto Rico. I love Puerto Rico. Uh, but again, you get into crime down there, um, even though it's part of the United States. But there's really cool places, and I don't know. I, I, I like, I'm like you, I think. I just want a beach. I want a beach and a beer, and let's call it good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, that's, I mean, I'm simple. I'm super simple. Like, that's if you give me that, that like, alcohol and, and a beach and a place where, hell, we went to Mexico over um, Super Bowl weekend this year with some friends. And I didn't even sit on the beach, man. You just give me two towels, and I'm sitting on the I'm sitting on the sand, right? Like I want to be in contact with the earth, right? Like yeah. I just want to like just feel the sand. I don't need a chair. I want I want towel on the beach. That's what I need. There's something about staring at breaking waves that is yeah. good for the soul. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I remember in college Discovery Channel, and I think this is when like High Def first started coming out, but it was just on Discovery Channel at first, right? I don't think. At sporting events yet, or maybe the Super Bowl was high def broadcast in high def. But they had this show, and it was called um, it was part of the Planet Earth series before it. And it was called Sunrise, Sunrise Earth, and they had all these different cameras. And I just thought it was so peaceful. I caught it one time in the morning, and it was like um, like a Zen garden in Japan, hmm. like uh, like Kyoto Temple or something like that. And it was like the sun coming up over a hill in this Zen garden. And, in Kyoto, um, just the, the cherry blossoms were blooming and birds chirping, and I was like, "That's peaceful, man. This is uh, this is my moment in Zen." Yeah, and, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, it would be. That yeah. would be. I mean, yeah, yeah I. Um, I was born in Florida. Little known fact about me: I, I, I was getting into crime, so we had to move. Um, okay, of course, I, likely. Right. I was six months old, but you know, I was beginning okay. to. I was beginning to get a little rowdy, uh, but. I do think if you're born near the ocean or you have a culture in your you know, background, like you mentioned, the Mexican culture, you kind of just gravitate towards it without even knowing you're doing it. You just something instinctive drives you back to it. And I love being at the beach. Just love it. It's like you have a, you have a day. It's like, OK, like I can't like. Like, like you can't go to Manhattan Park. Um, I can't go to a local park and just sit there and you know with some beers and drink because that looks weird. Yeah. But if you're at a beach and do the same thing, it's all good. 
right? Because it goes back to your concept, too, of as long as you have something to look at, right, then you're good. Like, it's like if the bar didn't have a TV, it's weird, right? I don't want to watch the TV, but I maybe I like to look up there to break up everything, the conversation, just to look up at it, just whatever. Right. Society yeah. frowns it's on weird. you setting up a lawn chair and just staring at people. Yeah. Unless just, there's a beach yeah. or a bar. I think it's. I think we've had a breakthrough on this podcast. This has been a strange edition so far, but I think we've gotten somewhere. I, I think we have. I think we have too. I well, think, I mean, shit. I mean, you know. It's weird that they've closed beaches. I understand the big public beaches that there's crowds, but my mom was talking about when she was she got caught down in Florida when all this was going down, and their beach. She was up north of. Uh, New Smyrna, somewhere between Daytona and New Smyrna, I think. No, maybe they were even north of that. But anyhow, they said they had a very private beach. And it wasn't a sandy beach. It was kind of a rocky beach. But you could go walk it. And there was literally no one on it. But when the lockdown started, if someone was on it, the police would tell them, get off the beach. What? What? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. If you are socially distant from someone, what does it matter if you're at the beach or a grocery store? It's crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I think this all relates back to that that South Park episode where there's a volcano, <laughs> and the um, and they tell you to defeat the volcano. You just tuck, or like you put a blanket over you or something like that, or you got to your knees and the volcano, the lava will just flow right over you. Of course, I'd believe that. Like we're doing right now. Yep, that's you know, exactly that's what, what we're doing. Like our, our information, just hiding from yeah. it, and then now they're saying, "Well, we kind of need to get back out so more people catch it, so we get the." The herd immunity. And I'm like... Yeah, well, we don't know. We don't know, man. I wish we had scientists to, to guide us on this stuff, you know? You know I wish we did. But even the scientists are arguing. The scientists are like, stay at home. Get out. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's 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 been entertaining. If you just step back and, and listen to everyone and how weird the information is, wearing a mask really doesn't help you. Make sure you wear a mask. It's just over and over... It, just things that don't make sense, they keep coming back and forth on. But I'm all right. I'm just staying at home. I'll be at home. I'm well, good you know at what I'm doing, too, is, is, is I, I live around, like, uh, in my neighborhood, there's a lot, of, a lot of kids who are just, you know, seniors in high school or, you know, freshmen in college who were uh, babies when 9-11 happened. Right. And, you know, this is one of those moments where, where you can remember, like, when 40 years from now, like, this is a, a monumental time in the history of the world right now. This is like, it's almost like a, like a BCAD sort of moment where it's like, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID. Right. And it's going to be, it's like the new PC. You know, it's like, oh yeah, like I, uh, I went and grabbed pickups in the, the country club plaza and went to P.F. Chang's and grabbed the pickup. And it was like Friday, Saturday night at 5 p.m. It was a ghost town. I was like, this is just nuts. And then even if you see like, like old school sporting events, you see all those people together and you're like, Oh my God, they're just, just, just splitting the bugs in between them, you know, and all the, all the, all the germs. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I just can't, you know, my whole mindset has just changed now. And it's like, you know, now that we're kind of, I feel like we're on the other half of it. What's the, what's the new normal? Like what the hell are sporting events going to look like at, you know, Bill Snyder family stadium, you know, it's like everything. What's sports going to look like? Right. I know. Like, I, you know, think about even if you can attend, a lot of people won't attend just because they want to stay away from people. It's going to make a lot of people germaphobes and really just paranoid about being around other people. And it's maybe good and really unfortunate overall. I don't know. What part of Kansas City do you live in? Uh, so we live in Lake Rivera. So we're, um, you know where the Speedway is? Yeah, yeah. So we live about 10 miles, 10 minutes south of that, in my Shawnee, Lenox area. That's Lake Quivira? Yep. Is there an actual yeah. lake? Yeah, there is. <laughs> it's not like the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. yeah there's, there's an actual lake. <laughs> is it a nice lake? We do. Um, yeah, it is. So there's restrictions, right? So 25 horsepower restrictions, 22-foot um, hunting boat restrictions. So it's... um. It's as they as they say in Clash of Clans, it's nerfed, right? So so there's no jet ski, yeah. boats. I mean, you're not going more than you know ten miles an hour. It's, so it's a good drinking lake. It's, it's amazing kind of lake. how I've changed in life. 
I've gone from speedboat jet ski, Tim, to give me a pontoon and plenty of beer and I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes, you know, I think it's nice that you you're, you um, you run out of ice before you run out of alcohol. You know, I think, you know, in a few times, it's because, you know, you know what to pack. And so, yeah, it's uh, I, I like that. I don't believe in it. I halfway believe in it, but I think um, zodiac signs, like I'm a Pisces, so I'm a fish. So I, and I love the water, and I love being on the water, near the water, and it's just, it's, um, it's my, it's my happy place. I mean, we're drinking near a water tank, we're drinking not near water. I like it. I like it. I, I'm good with both those situations. But I bet you you can't go out on a pontoon boat right now at Lake Quivira. You can. Good. That makes sense. Yes, because yeah, it, it's a common sense rule, right? It's like just stay the f away from each other. Like being on a pontoon boat is no different than. Uh, me when I went to Ace, Ace True Hardware the other day, and I'm like, you know, about to walk into the door, and I see some other person walking, right? And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, I'm like, keep your distance. Yeah, stay away from me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I just, yeah. And I think I think the one thing I grasped early on that I heard was just assume, just assume you have COVID and you don't want to get other people sick. And I feel like that's been like the one, the one true maxim that has stuck with me the whole time. Just like, just pretend you have it. Just pretend you have it, and you don't want to get anybody else sick. And then that's it. And then the world will be a better place. It's that's almost it. like just as simple as, like, just smile, right? Yeah. But that's exactly why I've stopped licking strangers' faces. That's <laughs> yeah, just... That's, <laughs> I mean, that's because, you know, the habit had to stop, yeah, right? And yeah. that, that, was, that, was, that was pre-COVID, Tim, right? Yeah. You can't do that now. It's a little odd, but... You can do the ear, maybe, but not the face. You know, nothing says, uh, it's gl- good to meet you, human, I don't know. I'm licking your face. I mean, a dog can get away with it. Why not, Tim? Man, our, uh, our English bulldog, Ella, like, she'll go other dogs. She'll, she'll meet other dogs, and she'll go right under, just put her put her nose in other dogs' junk, like, full on. And that's just, in dog world, that's just like, oh, what's up? Yeah, here you go. This is what I'm working with. And you can smell what I had, like, a week ago. And, yes, it was kibble. And maybe some table scraps. For the record, I'm not going to do that. I, okay. I feel like, you wanted to take it. Unless get, changing topics to one of our other things we share, uh, you've had some wings lately. I will sniff uh, your fingers and probably your butt because mm. wings are amazing. Yes, they are. I have not had wings. You know what's what's sad is like you know like you know with everything being takeout, wings like you have to either eat them cold or you have to heat them up in the oven, right? I think, I think you know, people are learning that what's good takeout or what's good sometimes is not good takeout. Like fries are about like the worst thing ever for takeout. And then you do wings and fries, that's like the worst takeout you can do. Right. But if, if done right, reheated right, I mean, they can be spectacular. They really can be. It's a weird thing about me. I enjoy cold wings. I think chicken in general, even fried chicken, like from the fridge is delicious. Yeah. Like it just tastes tastes icky when you heat it up in the microwave, or if you don't refry it or oven. So you're better off just eating it cold. I think I, I really do. That'd be good. Yes, yeah, I need to do that, Tim. I, I don't know why I haven't gotten a peanut in a while. I know. I my life hasn't been the same since So Long Saloon stopped their wings. I liked two years ago, or we were talking about wings on Twitter and Coco Bolos, and Coco Bolos was like, "We got them. Let's do it." Yeah, and it's like I, I love that because though I love those whole wings, you know, it's that's how that's how you do it. That is so good. But yeah, no, we um we went to a Buffalo Wild Wings last year for the K State Oklahoma game, and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that because wings it's like you got to eat them fresh, right? and they come out the fryer like you got you got to risk burning your your lips and your and your tongue um, and your gums for some hot wings out the fryer. That's how it should be. See, this is where we part ways on wings. You like them spicy. Oh, give me, give me, melt your face. Give me like all those like silly names like Inferno, anything related to the devil, um, lava, um, you know, anything spiritual, like no. ghost, pepper, chili, something. Yeah, I like all that. I like to challenge my stomach. You know, if I have a somewhat iron stomach and, um, so that stuff doesn't affect me. And I like it the hotter the better. I just got uh, irritable bowel syndrome talking about those flavors. 
just, think, just thinking about him, my stomach went, hey, let's, let's get out of here. <laughs> they call that the bubble guts. You know, they call that the bubble guts, right? You know, like you see lava just sitting there and it kind of bubbles up. Yeah. And that's what you get, the yeah, bubble guts. Exactly. The bubble guts. Exactly. And it's yeah. going to erupt. You better be in the right place. Uh, yeah, right. see, exactly. I love wings, uh, but uh, this is this sums me up. This this is me all in one story. So I loved So Long Saloon's wings so much, and they were based on the peanut. They came with you know they were still connected, and they came in a basket, and there's they made their own sauce. So it wasn't like traditional buffalo sauce, but it was it had some pretty good heat to it. Um, and so I get it with the blue cheese. But, Nick, I'm such a wuss, I'd have to order the sauce on the side. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, well, for, for us Irish folk <laughs> that, that find potatoes a little bit too spicy at times, that uh, <laughs> you get the sauce on the side. So one day I'm sitting there in so long, and um, I'm sweating. I'm dipping the wings into sauce, into blue cheese, into mouth, and I am sweating. So much so they bring me a towel, and I'm still just oh, sweating. Oh, wow. And sweating and sweating. Well, it turns out the entire bar was in on the joke. Uh, the owner, Jay Humes, had kept turning up the heat, and it was about 84 inside the salon. <laughs> <laughs> so on top of me dying from the heat of the wings, it was actually really hot. And I about uh, oh, oh, deed. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're not able to work right now, are you? No, I'm not. So I do, uh, so I work in the BPH. I work for Boston Scientific, and I work with urologists. So uh, we do like a green light resume. So these older men, you know, our prostate get, uh, our transition zone gets obstructed. And uh, my two device, I have two two devices that help that bladder outlet obstruction. Man, that's a sexy job you got right there. It's yeah, it, it is, man. It's, it's every kid's dream, you know, to to do that. I mean, I essentially I, I tell people it's pretty well, but it's uh, dick lasers and dick steam. <laughs> you know, when you go to the grocery store and they've got you know this is the indoor, and then the people are coming out the outdoor. I wonder if urologists just instinctively go in the outdoor. They do. Because that's they all they really, do all day at work. It's habit. It's habit. Yeah. That's just digital rectal exams, right? Yeah. I, well, mine, with my cancer, he had to uh, stick a scope down the, well, my penis. Let's just say it. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, on those old TV shows, like when they had the big studio cameras that are like the size of a suitcase? <laughs> I think yeah, that's what yeah, he yeah. used. He used that and oh. entire production crew to go down into my uh, man area and explore. And uh, he he did lubricate, which was very nice of him. But I think he had a budget for the lubrication because I think somewhere it ran out. And it, oh. Oh. it, it, it oh. Uh, so when he told me everything looks good, I'm like, well, probably not anymore. I probably right. have like, like stretch yeah. marks. Right. Like say that in past tense, right? Like this is what, but now you can be like, well, this is what it feels like to have a, um, to have a baby. Right. This is just the equivalent. No, we wouldn't have babies if we men were in charge of it. Oh, 
guaranteed. Like, I, I mean, I look, I look at my wife and it's like, for one, um, the coffee thing to me, um, is a non-starter just from the get go. I could not go nine months or however long it is without coffee. Right. And then top it off with bourbon too. I know. And cigars. Just like, no, yep. women are a thousand times tougher than us. Absolutely. A thousand times. Well, and they have to put that up with us. No yeah, no way. I, you know, funny story. I, uh, uh, our first kid was born uh, Christmas Eve in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We lived in Phoenix at the time. And um, he was born at uh, 11.53 p.m. Christmas Eve. So you know who's working on Christmas Eve at, at a hospital, right? Like yeah. all the new people. Right. And the, uh, the, the bed that we were on for, for delivery, we, my wife was on, the, uh, the left stirrup wouldn't work. <laughs> and that they couldn't get it out. Right? So they were like, the nurse was like, you know, they were short staffed and the nurse was like, dad, I need you to hold your wife's left leg. And I was like, I, I pretended not to hear. I was like, what? I can't. No, I'm up, I'm up here. I'm up by the head. So no, dad, this is where you're at. And you can't, you know, you can't hold the leg and look out because then you'll get like all over you. Right. All the blah, blah. So I had to hold it and watch it. And yeah, it's, yeah. Uh. It's not, yeah. There's nothing magical about the miracle of life sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a Hallmark card. They, 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 Hallmark has whitewashed that. Yeah. And that's, that's, not, that's not magical. You know? Yeah. I mean, look, look when they start uh, talking about the side effects of prostate cancer, you will have, uh, you might wet your pants because your prostate yep. kind of controls that. Okay. I do that. You might have permanent erectile dysfunction. Okay, yep. you know that's probably that's not a bad idea, um, uh, and you won't probably drink as much because uh, you pee so much. You will probably be drinking less. I'm like, dude, I'm not signing up for that. Yeah. I can handle the wet pants and the no boner, but this, no, I'm not going there. Yeah, but here we are. You're like that's that's that, that's that's too far. I guess I want to live, right? It's too far, man. I just, I don't know. But now I don't get to leave the house. Are you someone that finds themselves drinking more because you're locked down? I've had a lot of friends say, man, I'm drinking a lot because I'm just at home and I've got nothing to do. No, I actually, I've been drinking less. Me too. I've never, like, I've always, and I, you know, I love drink. I love bourbon and I love, you know, vodka. I'm not a big beer guy. Uh, I love red wine. Um, but I have, no, I've not been drinking that much because, uh, I always found it fascinating. Like when I watch like a TV show or like a, a, a movie and like, uh, the dude would come home from like work and be like, what a day. And like pour myself, pour themselves a drink. I'm like, I've never been that guy no. to like, like, I'm not going to come home and make myself a drink because like, if I'm going to do that, I want like a lot. Not just a little, not like a little teaser. Like, I want to, you know, whatever. So, I, I don't, yeah. And I'm more of like a social drinker. That's why I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's about but not, I mean, being with people for me. So, um, you know, yeah. I've got a full bar. We've got a bar in our basement. And when I say bar, it looks like, a, it doesn't look like the, you know, the living room with a bar in the corner. It looks like a bar. Um, it's called the like dog that. room. It's decorated all dog stuff. And it's cool. It's really cool. Um, and we've got uh, basically a fully stocked bar over there to the side. I've got tons of alcohol in my house, and I hardly ever touch it. But the other night, I got drunk for the first time on Zoom. Um, <laughs> I forgot about those. Yeah. So I, I got absolutely yeah. hammered. We called our friends Brad and Shannon out in Colorado, and they watched him get socially distantly drunk, which was a first. And I, I drank by the fire pit the other night with some neighbors six feet away on the other side of the fire pit. And that nice. was that was fun. We have a very nice fire pit. But, yeah, I don't drink at home. I just don't. I very rarely yeah. will pop a beer or certainly mix a drink. I'm not a stress drinker like, oh, like you said, what a day. I'm going to have some booze. I'm yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Not into that. Well, then again, I think that comes with knowing yourself as well, too, because I know once I start doing that, then it's like, if I, if I, you know, what you say, break the seal, right? It's like, I don't want one or two. I'm, I'm not like a lot. Like, I want to, you know, I don't know. Am I, am I chasing demons? Maybe. <laughs> right? Am I trying to numb something? Probably some <laughs> repressed memory or whatever. <laughs> so I don't want to open up a can of worms unless it's necessary, right? Like, exactly. I don't want to. 
Yeah, I don't want to let nighttime Nick out of the bag. I don't know, like on a Tuesday. <laughs> I, I, I believe I'm the, I'm the exact same way. And if by God, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it with a great deal of purpose. Right. Right. I think there's, there's one of my favorite quotes in the Bible is like, you know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And I think it wasn't meant for drinking, but you know, I think that's the, the beauty of the Bible. It's, it's open for interpretation, right? Interpret it however you want to interpret it. I right? agree. I saw a great, I don't know if it was on Instagram or on all the social media. So, but it was someone that was out walking his dog on trash day, recycling day. And I don't even know what city okay. he was in uh, because in Manhattan, you can't recycle the glass. You got to take it down somewhere. But he was just stopping by everyone and all the bottles that were there. And he'd lift up a trash bin and it would just be full of beer cartons and empties and and there was just like he was just stopping house to house, and there was just wine bottles, vodka bottles. It's like, good lord, this entire neighborhood is <laughs> trashed, absolutely <laughs> trashed. Well, okay. Man, I don't, I don't need that level of judgment. I'm glad we have the uh, the closed bin recycling. <laughs> we have um, uh, it's, so our neighborhood is a big time. Like it's it's a drinking, it's a drinking neighborhood for damn sure. Um, you know, uh, one of our good buddies owns a liquor store for Christ's sake. And, uh, so we do a lot, you know, drink a lot, like a lot. And, um, so we have the, uh, the ripple glass container down by at the end of our neighborhood. And there's about like eight of those big old trash recycling bins. And pretty much every, every time they are just filled to the brim with glass <laughs> bottles of liquor and wine. It's just like, yeah. So, yeah, you just, it's not like you don't know whose it is, but yeah, you, like I, I, we got a bin in the garage that's full. And it's just like you can see what you drank for the past couple of weeks. I don't want to know. Yeah. I, I don't want to know. Yeah. I just, I want to, uh, you know, just throw it in the trash bin and uh, maybe burn down a forest to cover up my drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the heck with recycling and saving nature. Let's cover up this problem I have. Let's let's do like let's make a like the eternal flame just be like a thing that melts glass just from the get go and just toss exactly. it into there and it's it's recycled and the dolphins uh, from Dolphin Bay are saved and so are all the ducks with the six pack rings around their neck and stuff like that. So you're good there. Yeah. That would be good. That's a that's a deep question. Do you cut up your six pack rings if you come across them? Oh hell! Oh hell yeah! Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Like I saw one picture of a duck with caught in a six pack ring, and I that's irresponsible. I think I stopped drinking beer, maybe, or I I, I don't buy six packs. I buy twelve packs, right? It's just it's cardboard. That's mm. harmless, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally do. I totally do. I, oh my god! Absolutely, a hundred percent. Do you? Or are you a psychopath? Uh, no, no. I cut them up. I. That gets okay. back to my Florida background. Yeah, we I learned that at an early age. You cut those up, um, but it, it, so I was doing that in the seventies, man. I was hip. Oh wow! Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite all time tweets was uh, someone said, "I just cut up a you know a six pack ring, and I think I saved thirteen dolphins." So <laughs> exactly, you got to make yourself feel good. Social activism, right? That's yeah. Like- Twitter activism, right? It's like, oh yeah, I just saved the world. You're welcome, everybody. It's so effective. You know, just, you know I, I like Twitter for the sole purpose of, of I like people who treat that like their diary and they're just like open with their lives and stuff, and right. they're just letting you know all their thoughts. And I'm like, God dang, people are jacked up, and I'm here for it. Like if it's it's like the same principle of watching someone rack themselves, you know, with their skateboarding on a giant rail. True. It's like they're putting it out there. I'm here for you. Put it out there, man. I'll, I'll do Treat that once in a better. while. I'll get out there and get real with stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I'd I like, like to make uh, pee-pee jokes like I've done throughout this podcast. So that's this this podcast that's has been a lot like my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm always one or two steps away from this total shit show. And I feel like that's just that's who I am in general. It's like, you know, you could sit there and talk football, but I really want to get into what's what's weird. What's the weird shit in yeah. life? Exactly. Like that, that, that's what I'm all about. Because that's interesting to me. You know, like, what are your skeletons, right? Uh, that, that's where you usually get to. I feel like every every opportunity is like therapist opportunity, right? Yeah. And maybe it's the voyeur in me, too. Yeah. And that's all I've seen. But then I'm so private, too. <laughs> that's what's so funny. <laughs> like, I'm, like, calculated, you know. What you're going to share is what you're going to share, and that's it. 
It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I feel like I remember when I first got Twitter, and I remember I got it in 09. I was in New Orleans playing for the Saints. And um, Sean Payton got up there, and he told someone, hey, man, stop tweeting about the, uh, the bad lunch at the, uh, at the uh, hotel. He's like, you know, Twitter is like, you know, yelling into a crowded room, you know, yelling fire in a crowded theater. I'm like, damn, that's really important. You really grasped that concept early. So I always took Twitter as if I was going to run for office or whatever. And they're, you know, all these idiot draft picks who, who you know, said ignorant, ignorant shit back in the day. And, you know, they, they dig it up. It's like, come on, man. You know, you put something out there, it's forever. Yeah. Forever. So be careful what you put out there. Unless you don't care. Then, then I respect you for not caring. I know. I, I I saw that Sean Payton, well, he had COVID. And so uh, yeah. I saw on day two of the draft, he was talking about how he went to get uh, do the antibody donation. He did a blood donation. Yeah, the plasma. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. You know, this draft was cool. Oh, so my nine-year-old son was just loving it. And I don't know what the hell he was loving because he loved the Panthers, Carolina Panthers for some reason. And um, he wasn't watching, like, the highlights or listening to the commentary. I'm like, what do you like about it? I don't know. I just like it. Like, I thought it's just compulsory. Like, you had to watch it. It was the only live sports you got. Yeah. Um, I was a fan this year. I, I mean, the houses, obviously Cliff Kingsbury, but everyone's houses. Like, I like seeing, like, there was a realness to the NFL this year. Okay. Where everyone's, you know, from their basement or from their living room or with their families. And, yeah, uh, I, I like that. I think they should do it every year like that. If we put up a picture of Cliff Kingsbury's house and simply said, this house belongs to one NFL coach, who is it? Would we all answer Cliff Kingsbury? No, I couldn't. I didn't recognize him. That couch is so big and he looks so tiny in it. Um, and, you know, he had the modern low coffee table that, like, you know, the one that you'll trip over in the middle of the night. <laughs> Those things are dangerous. Yeah. And uh, even probably, you know, to your shin at most. And um, I would have guessed um, Sean McVay. Is he the guy in L.A., the, the Rams? Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, I would have guessed him. Yeah, that's probably a good and guess, too. Because you look outside and go, okay, what's, what's palm trees um, in that? And um, I would have guessed Phoenix for sure because I live there, and I'm like, oh, man, that's Phoenix. But I could just, there's something about the sky in Phoenix. It's like a different shade of blue. Huh. It's like this dusty blue that's, like, bright. And I just, oh. The desert is gorgeous, man. It gets a it gets a bad rap, and I like that, you know. But I think the desert. I, I can retire in the desert, just like all the old people do. They got to figure it out. Cliff Kingsbury's kind of like uh, if you got fired from medical sales, and then were appointed the head of 3M, you know? Base, but yeah. No. Oh my, it's it's unreal. Like, well, I think that speaks to the Mahomes effect too, right? You know, like that he couldn't. You know, he didn't have the best of seasons with Mahomes, but. You know, people feel like he sort of got that, um, you know, power by association that he was there. Maybe he had something to do with uh, the way Mahomes plays now. So, you know what? You couldn't do it at Texas Tech, and let's give him a head coaching job at Arizona. I couldn't um, win you know, at so, Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes, so that qualifies me to coach the NFL. But, you know, I, I, do, I do respect um, Michael Bidwell's thought process. Of the, a lot of people don't realize that. The NFL is this billion-dollar mega conglomerate corporation with a steady revenue stream and a rabid fan base who, you know, will eat up anything you put out there, right, content-wise. And they still have some old-school mentalities, like really old-school mentalities. Like they still treat, like, injuries as if, you know, it's the 70s and, you know, you can't, you know, oh, you got surgery? Oh, you're never going to come back from that, you know? Yeah. And it's like... I mean, it's 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 outdated and it's starting to change. And I think that like the Sean McVay thing is is changing the league up. And um, there needs to be a uh, thing. I mean, even the way coaches hire each other, and it's like, okay, so it's the best players play, but the coaches, it's more like, okay, who who are my friends, right? Who do I want to coach with? Yeah. And so, so it's it's a bit of an outdated system. So I respect Michael Bidwell for for hiring Cliff Kingsbury because maybe why not take a shot. You know, are you going to recycle the same old, the same old coach who got they, fired from some team it. to be your coach? I mean, it's it's musical chairs with coaching. Right, right. It's like, oh, you got fired here. Oh, okay, well, come here and be our coach. Maybe it'll do good. You know, it's like uh, I, I love the way the Chiefs are doing it though. Um, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, Yanni um, Mahomes. I mean, they got a good crew. They really do. They have so I mean, zeroed in on what they want to do offensively. It's frightening. Uh-huh. It's 
Or even, yeah. Well, even defensively this year, you know, I'm just watching the Chiefs this year. You know, I did the uh, In the Trenches podcast with B.J. Kissel, and, um, you know, it's under the, the Chiefs podcast uh, umbrella network. And I'm mean, just watching them all year, last year, and it's like people forget, like, the Chiefs defense, was they kept them in games, a lot of games this year, or last year. I agree. And then, you know, towards the end of the season, the offense was like, okay, here we go. We found our footing. Let's do this. You know, it wasn't like two years ago where they're blowing out teams 55, 52, all out, you know, West Virginia Baylor back in 2012 or 13. Yep. You know, so they, they, they do. They, and they're smart, too. Like, did, did you watch the Chiefs draft? Yeah. Man, they, they had some smart picks. I, to me, the, the smartest thing is that Lucas Niang pick out of PCU. He had hip surgery, and he's a, you know, top 10, you know, top five tackle, top three tackle. I got him a, what, the flipping third round? Because he had hip surgery. And it's like, geez. They're in a groove right now. Really they are. are. They defined what they are as an organization, and they're doing it extremely well. And as a yeah, Chiefs and fan, it's, yeah. it's weird. It's weird to see a team that <laughs> I root for, like, doing it the right way. Well, it's just smart. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, they're just doing common sense things. Like, okay, this guy's got a lot of value. And it's like, I was like reviewing like the draft picks and it's like, oh yeah, this guy was, you know, he had some off the field issues and, um, you know, uh, Willie Gay, you know, with uh, the tutoring thing and um, being suspended and coming out early and yeah, got him as a second round. He's the top coverage linebacker according to pro football focus. Actually, second round pick, like end of the second round, like great. Yeah. Well, and then they were done and they hop in in the seventh round to grab a corner that they liked. Yeah. That's one of those situations where if you're that guy, you got to feel really good that I went in the seventh mm-hmm. round, but someone went out of the way to trade to get a pick just to grab me. Yeah, it makes you feel love. Yeah, I need that. It makes you feel love. No, it's nice. It's a really cool thing. It is. This has been the most rambling edition of the podcast, and yet it's been fun. That's <laughs> amazing. Sometimes I feel like people will see me, me, me call them on their phone and be like, I don't know if I get in this black hole. Like, I don't know if I got, you know, 30 <laughs> minutes of my life to, to, to express my minor thoughts. But, yeah, that's yeah, that's sort of that, that's me. What's funny, when I started this podcast, which was solely I need something to do, I'm locked in my house, uh-huh. and it's yep. healthy to call people and talk to them. I know a lot of people, mostly media people. I can't get many athletes to call me back, which seems wise in, in the fact that you're in might say something about you. But anyhow, I've talked to Lieber and Bishop and you as former players, but this was the premise. This is what we're doing right here. What'd you talk about? Nothing. You know, the, when the wife said, what'd you do? Nothing. I mean, that's, the, this was the premise. And, and now I've kind of tripped into a couple of them are really interviews where I'm asking questions all the time and answered. And those are, every one of these has been different. It's what's kind of cool. This is my, what, 14th one? Everyone has been different. Nice. That last guy I talked to had COVID. Luckily, it wasn't you. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. Whoops. Hell, I could have had it not knowing it. Yeah. And that's true for most people. You know, Andrew said that he had it and he was hospitalized. He was never intubated and on a ventilator, but he got damn close. He probably got it in London and it didn't show up until he got back. Um, but mm-hmm. his wife and two teenage daughters had it, and neither, none of them were bad enough to go to the hospital, and they had varying symptoms. But now she's donated antibodies. I just find that interesting. That just gets to the calculation of if we open up campuses, could we be creating a lot of people that can donate antibodies to people like me? Yeah, right. It's just it's very it's a, such a complex situation because it's such a deadly thing. It, um, for the right people, it's incredibly deadly. For for other people, for the most part, it's pretty safe. No, you're and you're absolutely right too uh, about that. Where in the right hand, it's deadly, but anybody else, it's like no, it's like you're good. Like yeah, nothing to worry about. Bizarre. Know. It's, not, and it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot less frightening than Ebola, where symptoms include bleeding from your eyeballs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, and then, oh, guess what? There was a movie about, about five, ten years ago that explored, explored this Ebola outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo. Right, right. It, you, what's what's Ebola do? Well, you start sloughing off your organs by them melting. <laughs> and you bleed out your orifices. 
Okay. Yeah, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that 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 Ebola punch, which I'm I'm thankful for. But in some way, if I'm going to die from something, just kind of bleeding out might be preferable over basically suffocating. Two things from my surgery. First, you know when they they put you in robotic surgery, they have to like. I've 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 seen it. I've I've seen what happened to you. Yeah, yeah. Where they they remove it. They they remove your transition zone and they and they they sew your bladder to your urethra. Right and. But they have yeah, to strap you down. Happened. They have to strap you down so you, you can't move at all. I mean, you move a fraction, the robot gets thrown off. So I'm a big dude. And he said, you're the biggest guy I've done this on. So they strapped me down. And <laughs> they impinged nerves in both of my shoulders. So oh, I, no kidding, I no. woke up and I was so confused because I had surgery done in the nether regions. And yet my shoulders were in, I was in blinding pain. And, and so they kept giving me painkillers and to the point where I heard the nurse say, Hey, Tim, keep breathing. Cause I just stopped breathing. I was so relaxed and yet I was in pain. So I've learned something from this that I really had no issues from the surgery. It was magic. He did a great job. Yeah. Uh, but that nerve pain I've had ever since it's moved from my shoulders to my hands, to my feet. I feel for anyone with nerve pain. It is yeah. unpredictable. Some nights I'm laying there. Um, one day I was actually just in tears, not crying, just tears rolling down my face because my hands felt like my fingers are being broken and burned. So anyhow, that's that's one of my things. My other, my other thing that's come out of this is uh, when they were sending the, the crew down my wee-wee to go exploring, uh, they asked me to Kegel to you know, see how that, yeah. up, and I shot the liquid back up out of my blowhole and they go, wow, uh-huh. you're a really good Kegler. And I'm like, hell yeah, I am. You gave me Kegel homework yeah. and I did it, man. You yeah, want I, Kegels, yeah. I can Kegel. You practice, you practice anything, right? You can do it. And it's just bizarre. I'm doing it right now. You know, as you say it, it's impossible if you've ever, whatever. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. You gotta, you gotta keep it, you know, you gotta, you know, fixate the sphincters, right? Internal and external. Right. I, I've learned the best yeah. way to retrain holding your bladder as an adult male who's had his prostate removed is to have some caffeine and then drive on the highways of Kansas. Oh. Because I was going, I made it past Florence one time on the way to Wichita. Uh huh. And pretty much by the time I'm past Peabody, I'm in trouble. And uh, right. I have yeah, to make it to the BTK quick trip there in Park City, Kansas, uh, to pee, and I could hardly walk. I was just like, I was uh, basically I was having penis cramps, which oh my God. Is, a, is a phrase that I never thought I'd use in my life, let alone publicly on a podcast, but there it is, penis cramps. Right. There it is, right? You would think that's something like Ron Jeremy or a porn star would get, right? Like right. penis cramps, like not like post-surgery type stuff right, and just... yeah, having to hold it all. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's the thing, I, that's the thing I, I love about like my job is it's such like a grimy thing, but as men, you know, we have BPH and we're symptomatic and we have lower urinary tract symptoms due to it. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I assist physicians in, in getting rid of that obstruction, that bladder outlet obstruction. And it's kind of like being an old lineman, right? It's grimy as hell. No one wants to do it, but it's, it's, True. I take pride in that, that, that grimness, you know? Like, I'm doing a public service, or I'm assisting with the public service. Someone's got to stand up for the penises. Someone does. Someone does. And someone has to stand up to, uh, you know, the, the bladder outlet obstructions. You know? And let's do a laser, and let's get rid of that. Let's vaporize it. Let's turn it to the bubble. <laughs> that is, that's such a uh, polite way of saying it. The bladder outlet obstructions, which basically means <laughs> I can't pee. Yeah, your uh, your your uh, your garden hose is kinked because your your prosthetic tissue has has been engorged and keep growing like your ears. Man, no one knows why. No, no one knows why. Well, that's yeah. interesting. I feel like I learned something here. I think you should. You know, it's funny too. The guy who who um, who has multiple um, males uh, with her hand in my tank uh, receiving a snap. You know, so it just makes sense. I mean, yeah. just. It's um, what's the term? It's it's on brand yeah. for for myself. It is. Like, okay, well, yeah, that's uh, that is interesting. 
Huh. <laughs> <laughs> really thought of that. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you, man. You too. Have a good one. You bet. Bye. I tried to warn you. I hope you enjoyed that podcast because that was literally me calling up my buddy Nick and just talking. Although I did have to cut out about 10 minutes of the conversation to keep the length roughly under an hour. And since Nick deals with urologists with his medical sales duties, he knows a lot about prostate cancer and what I am experiencing with my stage four PCA. Men over 45, please go get your PSA scored so you don't have to experience advanced prostate cancer. Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you real soon. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.